Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. California's legislature has approved $150 million to help cash-strapped hospitals across the state. The money would fund a hospital loan program, says CalMatters health reporter Ana Ibarra. The new loan program comes after the closure of Madera Community Hospital in the San Joaquin Valley and after at least seven other facilities statewide have publicly discussed their financial struggles. The loans will be available through an application process. To qualify, hospitals will have to prove that they need the money and that they have a clear plan for recovery. Hospitals in trouble tend to serve low-income communities, and several of them are located in rural areas, meaning access to care is already limited. Legislators recognize this program may be just a short-term fix. Hospitals say they will need more support in the upcoming budget to truly make a dent in their financial strains. That was CalMatters reporter Ana Ibarra. Governor Gavin Newsom will need to sign the bill into law to enact the new loan program. While the Madera Community Hospital remains closed, there's growing concern about a looming deadline in a few weeks. The hospital's license is set to expire on May 26. Dr. Mohammed Ashraf, a cardiologist who's worked at the medical facility, says any possible new investors would need assurance that the hospital can be up and running quickly. They may, you know, want to buy it as a hotel. They may want to buy it as something else, but not as a hospital. Who's going to sit with them in with this hospital for two more years, trying to recruit doctors, trying to recruit nurses, trying to recruit um, equipment, get equipment? Who's going to do that? Ashraf says they do have options. The state might be able to extend the deadline for license renewal, or the $100,000 license fee could be paid through the hospital's bankruptcy proceedings. We've reached out to the State Department of Public Health for comment on a possible extension and have not heard back from the agency. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Menifee in Riverside County is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. 
As it's grown, the city made the decision to create its own police department from scratch. It launched in the summer of 2020, just as policing was under intense scrutiny in the wake of George Floyd's murder. Now, nearly three years later, KVCR's Madison Ament reports on the successes and struggles of the new police department. As Officer Tom Perez patrols Menifee, he drives past gated communities with large single-family homes. They've sprung up recently on what was ranch land. Everything in Menifee is so different. Perez has been with the Menifee Police Department since it launched nearly three years ago. This morning, there isn't much crime, but Perez does get a lot of calls. He checks on a house where an alarm went off, then he helps a person sleeping in a church parking lot. Before Perez joined this team, before this team was built, the community contracted out its law enforcement to the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Menifee itself only incorporated in 2008. It was during the Great Recession. And Bill Zimmerman, the city's mayor, says the city wasn't in financial shape to create its own police department. But some years later, things were different. The population was growing. City revenue was up. It was time to look at some other opportunities where we could have local control and be able to control the budget. Part of having local control meant having a larger local police presence. Armando Villa is the city manager. We wanted to be able to dictate to ourselves what the level of service is going to be. You know, and the residents are telling us we want to be the safest city in California. Menifee ultimately determined that having their own officers, instead of paying the Riverside sheriffs, made financial sense. And in late 2018, the city council voted unanimously to launch its own police force. You know, it's one thing to know the job, it's another thing to start a police department. That's Pat Walsh, the city's first police chief. He'd recently been chief in Lompoc. In Menifee, he had one year to build the new department from scratch. And that meant hiring officers. A lot of them. And, and, you know, and the problem was right in the middle of all this COVID hit. That meant Walsh couldn't recruit in person, so he had to get creative. The city paid for billboards, and they hired a public relations firm to produce recruiting videos called Where's the Chief? Where's the Chief? Is he on vacation? Well, sort of. According to Walsh, those videos enticed people to apply. But... Just weeks before the department opened, officers in Minneapolis killed George Floyd. And that sparked nationwide protest against police brutality. For Walsh, among other things, he says it underscored the importance of hiring good people. He felt proud of his new officers. And besides, he said all of them were new and on probation. So if someone behaved badly... And it didn't get corrected, boom, you're gone. Walsh, who retired nearly a year ago says in his time with the department, he did come across a few bad apples. There were some people that didn't survive me and are no longer there. When Menifee originally considered its own police force, the conversation was about saving money. Now, with a growing city that's also bringing in more revenue, the city can afford to expand the department. Menifee Mayor Bill Zimmerman says the investment is worth it. People have confidence in Menifee police, um, knowing that if they pick up the phone, someone's going to come and that they're going to be there to give them the best service that they can. Seeing more police on duty is something I noticed driving around town. 
It's also something that was apparent to the dozen or so residents I spoke with on the streets in Menifee. One of them was Mark Duell, who's lived here for five years. I noticed their presence. I leave for work very early in the morning, and I notice if there's any activity, there's multiple units on the scene, and it does make me feel safer. Safer, he says, knowing that the city has its own force that's accountable to them. For The California Report, I'm Madison Ament in Menifee. And that's The California Report for Tuesday, May 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation. Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines the pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org/lbca. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health, on the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 